Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Amen, amen. All right, good morning. How you doing? <laughs> I want to do, I've done this in an earlier service, I'm going to do it again today. I want everybody to stand up real quick. Stand up if you can, if you can, stand up. I want you to look around, find somebody who desperately looks like they need love. Like they got this look on their face like if I don't, if somebody don't shake my hand, I'll die. Find them and give them a greeting and welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. And Amen. Praise God. All right, all right, all right. Find somebody. I feel like Oprah, you get a hug, you get a hug, you get a hug. Everybody gets a handshake, a high five, a, a point to them, like something. <laughs> All right, so again, welcome to those who don't know me. Uh, my name is Stephen Furr. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at this awesome church, and we are excited to be here today. I'm glad to have my lovely, beautiful, awesome, incredible wife, Beverly, with me today. So give my wife a hand. Yes, uh, I have, I have uh, one of my uh, niece daughters with me today who came to visit uh, Dawn way back in the day when she was just, give her a hand, just give her, I don't want to, I don't want to tell how old Beverly is, so we won't talk about how, but we are, we are excited today uh, to share this particular word with you. Uh, we're coming to the end of our... Or, oh, am I supposed to push something up here, guys? Wow, look at that. I got power. Um, building in broken places, and we're, we're closing this series today. Uh, I'm going to be ministering uh, an excerpt from the life of King David uh, and talk about how God does his best work uh, in broken places. But the place where he does this work, this brokenness, is actually the heart of man. That's the place where God does incredible work uh, when we are broken. And so let's jump in to my presentation. Um, there are two groups that I, I feel that God is speaking to today. Um, first, there are those who, who are broken, uh, and I'll define what that means, but as a result of their own struggle with self and sin and failure. It's a devastating thing. Uh, and this is the life of David, by the way. When we read Psalm 51, this is a prayer of repentance, by the way. This is getting behind the curtain and listening to what went on between God and David uh, when he repented for his sin. And in his journey, we will learn things about God uh, that we may have not known. And we will see how God responds to us in our brokenness. Uh, and the second group uh, is, is, are those people who you know, it's not a sin issue, but life itself. Life will bring you to a place. Uh, life can crush you. You know, life can bring you to a place where you are 
broken. And by broken, we mean, you know, let me see if I got this right. There you go. Thank you, Steve. Okay. So the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. And, and then we find what is a broken spirit and a contrite heart? Uh, the state of brokenness is a place we come to in humility uh, in life in general. Like th- th- if you live long enough, if you live long enough, you will come to situations and circumstances that you will admit that's more than what you can bear. Right? It's just it's beyond what you were able to, to, uh, to fathom. I remember when I first uh, started suffering with sciatica. And, uh, you know, the doctor asked me a question that was kind of shocking. He said, are you dealing with depression? I said, absolutely not. You know, because, you know, I don't want to admit it. So we know the rules. Anytime you answer a question that fast, the, what you said is probably not true. Uh, <laughs> probably not true. You said it too fast. And so this is what he said, and he used his hands to, to illustrate. He said, I want to show you something, Steve. Uh, pain, pain breeds uh, depression, and depression feeds pain. And if you've never been in pain for a sustained amount of time, you're used to something hurting for a while, and then it stops hurting. Right? Like, you take something, it stops hurting. But with this sciatica thing, it was constant pain all the time, every day, all the time, every day, every day, every day. And so that was a situation that, that was beyond me at that moment. And so you're broken over it. In other words, you have no solution for it. So you come to a place of humility uh, versus like me. I'm, I'm good, man. I don't need no pills. I don't take no pills. I don't need no pills. You know, I just speak to that thing and I'm good. I'm good. Until I start hurting too long, like pills. What kind of pills? You got some more pills? I need some more pills. Can you, have some, can you rub it? Can you touch it? Can you, yeah. See, you, you flip because now when you're broken, you're open to hear what you probably didn't want to hear or were not open to before. Yeah. Welcome to the human journey. The brokenness. Contrition, you know, contrition is grief. We come to a place in our life. Now, David's journey is interesting because David is broken because of his sin. But I want to say right off the bat, again, that sometimes it's just life that takes you there. And so for whatever reason we're there, we're going to discover some things about God and what to do and how God responds to us. Now, what kills us in this whole journey, before I get into this, is religiosity. Religion, I'm going to just say it like this. I don't want to offend nobody's religion. But religion will make you stupid. It does. It makes you stupid. It makes you be concerned about things that don't matter. You know, like in my church, I grew up, you know, women ain't supposed to wear pants. Remember them churches? Raise your hand. Shout at me. You remember them churches? You can't wear pants and makeup? Oh, my God. You Jezebel. Missionary Jezebel. (laughs) And so someone comes to God. And now we've been preaching, come as you are. Come as you are until they come as they are. We got to get that child a dress. So you're not thinking about whether or not her heart is broken before God. And if God is trying to heal or save or deliver, you're worried about her clothes. See, religion will make you stupid. Just make you do stupid stuff. Think stupid things. I'm sorry. Stupid is a bad word, isn't it? No, it's not. It's the right word. It makes you stupid. So God, God is not religious. He's not religious. God is God. He meets people where they are. So King David, a man after God's own heart. Now we're talking about King David here, y'all. We're not talking about some, this is King David, Israel's greatest king, King David. Jesus is called what? The son of David. 
But in the text, David is repenting. Now, I won't go through the whole story, but the reality is David done some really, really jacked up stuff, man. You know, so I'll give you my version of it, my version of the story. Bear with me. So David was at home, supposed to be at war. He went at home. So he's out on the balcony, just chilling, looking around. And he sees this fine woman, looks something like my wife. <laughs> so David like, hey, oh, man. All right, then. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Okay. So, so David, you know, he hooked it up. You know, he, I don't know if he went or he sent a servant. Probably sent a servant. You know, hey, the king want to hook up. We don't want to talk to you. You don't want to hook up. You don't want to talk to you. So they get together. And you know the story. So David start kicking it. Y'all kicking it mean getting busy. I'm sorry. Getting busy mean knocking boots. I'm sorry. Knocking. Whatever. So they hook up. So David want this woman. But the problem is she married. So what does David do? David hooks it up because he the king. He says, one of his trusted advisors, one of his warriors out at war, um, send the order to send him to the front line. So David is complicit in this dude dying so he can get with girl, girl. That's, that's horrible. That's what happened. And so David goes through this whole thing in his life. And he keeps up this facade for quite a while. God sends the prophet Nathan. The Nathan confronts David with his sin. And the, res- and the result of that confrontation, right, is where David begins to repent. David learns some things here. And this is where our teaching comes in at. And... See if I can find the text I want. He comes and he learns this. King David talks about a broken spirit and a contrite heart being the sacrifices of God. That statement is pretty heavy because you do realize that the sacrifices is the system that God put in place for us to deal with sin. So David comes to this revelation as he's repenting before God that it wasn't so much the bulls and the goats and the blood and all of that, as much as it was what God was looking for through those things is to reach the heart. So watch this. So when we're broken, don't, listen, don't get in a religious thing and thinking, oh, I just need to get back to God, but I didn't make it to church Sunday. Like God here, like, like God not where you're at, he here. Like, like God is really just sitting in the church, like sitting there on the throne waiting for you to show up. No, 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 no. Guess where God is? God is where you are. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. David discovers as he begins to repent before God. God did not give us, God did not prescribe for us a religion, but a relationship. God is not a practice. Like, you know, I I got a lot of friends, they're, they're Bible thumpers like me. This is, this is what we had to say to one fella. When you get to glory, you're not going to see a King James Bible sitting on the throne <laughs> and a Greek lexicon to the left. So we start arguing about, no, is it thee? God said, thee, thou, or thus? No, thus is the wrong tense for that statement. Therefore, God, see, you're thinking God, you're thinking God is religious and God is a structure. God gave us relationship. So God sent his son to die for our sins. Notice son. Father sends son to make sons. That's relationship. And so in relationship, you, you, would you agree that you're at least as smart as God? I mean, you, I mean, 
Like you and God, I mean, like, okay, if your child fall down the steps, what you do? No, you don't. You stand over them and say, now, see, that's what I told you. No, you, no, you don't. Your child fall down the steps and they hurt. The first thing you do is minister to what? They're hurt. You minister to the hurt. At this point, now, you know, my wife knows I have a kind of a sense of humor with my grandchildren. I said, at that point, I don't need to teach them. Every step they hit on the way down taught them. I would... <laughs> I was trying to teach him not to play on the steps. Don't play on the steps. Stop playing on the steps. Don't play on the steps. Stop playing on the steps. Child, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to fall and break your neck. I don't always say neck. But anyway, we're going to fall and break your neck. And they fall down the steps. Boom. Like I did and messed up my leg. That's another story. I don't need to revel in my great teaching because the child is hurting. What I need to do is minister to the hurt. When we're broken, God ministers to the hurt. That make sense to you? He didn't prescribe religion. So don't look for practices. David had pleadings with God. These are powerful. So in his repentance, to show you the difference, like when, when you're not broken, we pray certain kind of ways. That I don't, you know, I do it, so I'm guilty of this. You know, when nothing's going on, you're doing pretty good, you be praying like, let's say you messed up. I messed up with my wife and said something out of the way. I'm like, God... Man, I need to be my best me and do better. Right? That's because what I did didn't break me deep enough for me to pray right and be really sorry. Like, so, they're sorry, then they're sorry. Like, they say you sorry, then they're sorry. But when, you, when, you, when the thing has broken you and you realize how much damage you've done and what could be lost and how precious she is to God, you pray different. So David, when he's praying here, And he's pleading with God throughout the psalm. He says things like this. Have mercy on me. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me. Cleanse me. Purge me with hyssop. I shall be clean. Wash me. Make me whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out my iniquities. Cut me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. David, man, this is is like real prayer. This ain't that quick little thing we do. If you need prayer, come by. High five prayer. No, no, no. When you're broken, you pray different. You talk different. See, one of the things that, that I've come to, to believe, and, and uh, I guess it's just my job in the body of Christ. I'm just of the opinion that the church is scared of deep water. That's just my opinion. We're scared of deep water. Everybody's suffering. People walking here, they're suffering. They're absolutely, you can see them suffering. But some for some reason... I'm not trying to make an indictment against us. I'm trying to make us think. For some reason, everybody gets in a hurry. Hurry up, hurry up. Move over to the prayer wall. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get them out. Okay, blah, 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 blah. let's hurry, 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 hurry. What, what are you hurrying for? What in the world are you doing? This is your soul. Doesn't matter who wins the football game. This is your soul. So if nobody should understand the depth of, of, of pain and need for God, it should be the church. It should, it should be us. Yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't need two seconds at a prayer wall. You need a prayer meeting sometimes. That, that, that's the part of the old church I missed because the church I grew up at, we had a long pew up front. Remember some of y'all back there? Where Wally at? He know what I'm talking about. Long pew up front. <laughs> they call it the mourner's pew. Now, I joke about it, but there's some, there's some security in knowing that when I really needed to get to God, and if I could carry myself up and get there, I knew that somebody would meet me 
there. Not just God, but somebody who was broken just like me, who found deliverance, who will sit with me. They would sit with us until we got through. The church done done the whole thing. We used to, at the end of our services, we, we, we would sing songs, you know, them, them, them dismissal songs, precious memories, how they linger. I'm still at the, at the pew. They don't mind, but keep on praying, son, until you pray through. Why? Because you come to a certain place in your life where ordinary church just won't do. Ordinary prayer just won't do. And maybe you're doing fine today, but be quiet so those of us who need a breakthrough can get one. They used to say, if you need to talk, talk outside. Y'all all right? Y'all still listening? You better say something. I'm going to be up here. Wow. So David pleads with God. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with your free spirit. Don't take your spirit from me. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. This is something he said that, that really got me. David said this, my sin is ever before me. So no matter what was happening out there, David knew. He's right there. He cried out to God. What's the beautiful thing? Notice, God didn't throw him away. And he's not going to throw. If you're you're broken over your own failures, God ain't going to throw you away. Matter of fact, take this the right way. Jesus is a stalker. <laughs> I said it. There it is. If you, if you ever a little bit say, God, I want you, he on you forever. He looking at you. Sephla, how you doing? Like, listen, leave me alone. No, I ain't going to leave you alone because you said, like you said that you love me. No, I was just at church that day. Well, I don't care if you was at church that day, but you know, you signed a contract. <laughs> God pursues us. Religion says he's sitting there. We got to kiss the burning stone, do 20 push-ups, swing the rope, ring the bell, lift your right hand, put a seat with your knee, whatever. It's religion. God says the opposite. I'm near to those who have a broken spirit, and I save those who have a contrite heart. So he pursues us. In David's statement, this is what we learn. What really matters to God is the heart. Because that's his sacrifice. That's the thing that moves God towards you. So it doesn't matter how you got there or why you got there or, or maybe it has nothing to do with sin. Maybe it's just brokenness in life. Do you know that, that, that what, God, what, what God works with is broken stuff? You want to get God, God to say, matter of fact, watch this. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus in Luke 4.18 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus is motivated, called and anointed to go to poor, brokenhearted, bound, blind, captive people. That's why he said, those who are well don't need me. Everybody's sick, but everybody don't think they're sick. But you come to a place, you realize, I'm sick. I'm messed up. I need help. That's his audience. Isn't that a wonderful thing, though? 
that he bids us come. Now, I know this is one of those tough messages because we're, we have these religious underpinnings and we just can't break them, you know. I was sharing with, with the other service about uh, my organization that I'm part of. We just had our holy convocation in Memphis, you know. We call Memphis our Jerusalem. It's, it's serious stuff. And, and uh, I have to admit, if you watch it on TV, it was beautiful. Like official day? Anybody from the Church of God in Christ out there? There you go. It was beautiful, man. I mean, I was, I was impressed. I mean, all the bishops had on their bishop regalia. And, you know, because the room there is so big, all the bishops had to process in. And they all processed in. And they had their white on and their purple and the gold chain and the whatever. And they was like, Almighty fortress is our God. It was wonderful. You know, everybody, you know, all the women was dressed in white. And it looked great. Do you know? But none of it was really necessary. But it looked great. It don't move the needle nowhere. I'm not putting them down. I'm trying to make a point. It doesn't move the needle nowhere in the realm of the spirit. It doesn't do anything at all. It's things that we have added to it to try to give it significance. But if you're not careful, the things we've added to it to give things significance become more significant than people. People end up taking a back seat to you know people become more they don't become important in that because they don't know how to do the thing and that's why people don't come to church because they don't know how to do the thing y'all do and they like no that's wrong God is not pleased it's up down left right and kick God is not pleased and so you're trying to get people to do the thing and God is saying will you leave these people alone And let me love them. Would you just leave them alone with your junk and let me love them and get out the way? Get out the way. Thank you, baby. (laughs) Out of mouth of babes, God has perfected praise. David had pleadings. David had confessions. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. David had life lessons. One of the things David said, and we need to hear this. In his prayer, he makes a statement. Thou desires truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Now, he's dealing with himself. Think about how that would apply to our lives today. God, this is what you desire. Truth. This is between you and God. This is what God desires. Truth in the inward part and in the hidden part, God will give you wisdom to deal with you. Forget the rest of it. If you can get you saved and delivered and set free, you've already done the world a favor. Because broken people break people and heal people heal people. Hurting people hurt people. And they don't even mean to hurt people, but they, they're hurting are you listening or are you asleep? Watch. Encouragement for the broken. So what do we do when we're there, if we get there? We need to know this. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. It doesn't matter how you get to the place of brokenness, how you get to that place of humility. But if you're there, this is what you need to know. I need to know the Lord is near me and the Lord saves. Wow. That's good news, isn't it? Encouragement for the broken. Let us therefore come what? 
bold to the throne of grace, that ye may obtain mercy and find grace in time. Say a word of you, don't you child, don't question God. God already know you're questioning him. What are you talking about? Like he can't read your mind. Like, don't say that to God. He know what you're thinking, so he's just going to say it. So he says, come boldly to the throne. To do what? Get cussed out by an angel. No! I'm just seeing if y'all listening. I'm just seeing if y'all listening. No, come boldly to the throne. What kind of throne is it? It's a grace throne. And what do you get at the grace throne? And what else do you find? To do what? In a time of need. Hmm. Pastor Chip has been talking about community as we, we do this series. See, the beauty of this truth is this. <laughs> if you're a child of God and you've believed on Christ, according to the word and all that is true, you are saved, as we call it, as the scripture call it. But you're being saved at the same time that you're saved. Right? If you're transformed, changed, you're transformed and you're transforming at the same time. If you are broken and you're being healed, you're being healed and you're broken. At, I'm going somewhere. Follow me now. Follow me. At the same time. What connects more with people than you being honest about where you were broken and where you're healed and how you're saved and being saved and transformed and being transformed. Just a child of God learning the path. That is what connects with people when they come to that place. What never connects is religion. That's how you end up arguing at the bus stop for four hours. I will never read the King James Version Bible again in my life. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Like God is really up in heaven telling everybody, now you know I authorize the King James Version of the Bible. <laughs> it's, it's, it would be funny if it wasn't so pitiful. Come on. Praise the Lord. Y'all know what this, this is? How many, okay, malls are almost over it. Y'all remember this dot? Right? Why, why, did they, why did they show you that? Talk back to me. I got four minutes. You better start talking. We're going to be here. Locate where you are because there's some place you need to go. But before you can know where to go, you got to know where you are. Hmm? So what do we do if we find ourselves broken right now today? If you're part of one of those two groups I talked about, you, you, you first have to understand it doesn't matter how you got here, but you are here. And, and the cool part is uh, we are here with you. <laughs> like, you're not by yourself. Like, if you're going to keep it 100, God got people keep God will send you to keep it 100 person. That's why the beautiful diversity is not just diversity of races or ethnicity. It's diverse, diversity of people type. Like, some of y'all are a little crazy. If you're here, raise your hand. Some of you are a little quirky, like they would call you a little quirky. Raise your hand. But you know, there's, there's, you know, because quirky people will listen to you because you come in the room, don't speak to nobody because you feel funny trying to figure out who everybody is, so you go stand by the wall. You're going to meet somebody standing over there by the wall. You go, hey, how you doing, man? I don't know about this. And me either. See, God got somebody for everybody. 
Some of you are a little bit over the top, a little wild and crazy. God got people for you. You don't need cookie cutter people. You need real people. Right? If you look at Jesus' apostles, they were a little interesting little group. They were not all the same thing. Like you had, you know, you know, Matthew played the shell game. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Matthew was a tax collector, y'all. So, you know, Jesus met Matthew. He was like, yo, Coca, where is it at? Where is it at? What you want to do? 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 Jesus was like, you're going to be perfect for my ministry. <laughs> Follow me. I need, I need you. Nathaniel had no guile. He was one of those guys. I'm looking for the Messiah. I have no guile. Jesus said, like, I can use you. I need you. I don't need everybody playing the shell game. I don't need everybody being Nathaniel. I need you being you. So you are here. We are here. We're just a community of people who are transformed, being transformed. That's the community. And God is with us, and his power is all around us. So what should I do? Talk to God. Reach out to God cool thing about God is like there's no prescription for your response he's not waiting for a certain response he just needs a response God I'm here I'll call it sometimes it's the language of tears Psalm 41 Psalm 42 the writer asks a question why are you disquieted within me Speaking to his soul, my soul, why are you disquieted within me? My tears have been my meat day and night. You know God reads the language of tears? Do you know that you have an intercessor that when we don't know how to pray as we ought, the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered? Do you know God can read your groan and your tear? Even when the, watch this, okay, religious people, you about to really nail me up here. But even when the behavior is wrong. God knows why you're doing that behavior. That's why he hasn't dealt with us according to our sins or according to our iniquities. Because of what, was, what the attempt was, was to fix something. He can see that. Religious people can't. But God can. I used to tell people in one of my churches, if you, st- if you was high last night and you still high, come worship. They'd be coming in, sunglasses on. What's up, Pastor? What's happening? How you doing? <laughs> we good. I'd rather you come to where people are who can help you get to God than stay at home and let the devil tell you you ain't worth nothing. So what is God calling for for us today? To seek him, to respond to him, to know that he's near you. And God got some people, regular old folk just like you, who's willing to spend the time and take the time to be with you in your journey. You won't always be where you are. It's hurting today. You're broken today, but you won't always be broken. Isn't that a good thing? Amen. But here, while you're here, and since you're there, know God, see God, know his heart towards you, and ignore the other stuff and get to God. Let me say this, and I'll be finished. It's just another image I want to leave with you because it'll help us never fall into you know, I pray, and, I, and thank God I don't see it at Garfield as much as other places. Sometimes churches get so into their history and their positions that they miss the people. Can you imagine getting into a horrible car accident, and they, they wheel you in, you know, Cleveland Clinic up there on Mayfield, and they say, welcome to Cleveland Clinic. 
The founder of Cleveland Clinic is, they start going through their founder, and Cleveland Clinic is known for its excellent care, and da 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 they're going through all this history, and meanwhile, you're bleeding out, and, and we want you to understand that here at Cleveland, listen, no, that's not the purpose of God's people. Your, your history don't matter, your doctrine don't even matter. It really doesn't. What really matters is that you're there as a representative of God. And having been touched by the love of God, you're willing to touch others with God's love. Is that all right? Was that helpful? Me too. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, thank you. Because this is what I know. When you send a word like this, it's because... More than a few people in this room and listening, whether here or online, are experiencing brokenness. My prayer today is that we would reach out to you, that we would say yes to the invitation, either for salvation or deliverance or help, that perhaps before this moment I wasn't willing to hear, but now I'm here and I'm willing to hear. And I receive your call. You said, come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'm saying I'm here. Here's my life. Do what only you can do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen.